0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 27 of the Testudo Times Podcast, the final episode of 2015, where somehow this podcast has gone from terrible to fully edited and has an intro and everything. I don't know how the heck that happened. I must have changed quite a lot. Joining me on this final show is first, Alex Kirschner. Hi, Alex. Can you believe that it's already the end of 2015?
1: I can. I checked the calendar the other day. I confirmed it for myself. So at this point, I am I am buying what they are selling that it is the end of the year. You have sources, don't you? Yep, absolutely. You also have sources that say we're graduating in May. You know, if we don't blow it, right? No, I mean, it, I'm, planning, I'm not
0: planning on blowing it. Unlike what Maryland almost did tonight, hint, hint. We're recording this after the game on Wednesday night. That was something else. Uh, joining us, though, as the last guest of the many we've had on the show, is somebody who knows quite a bit about Big Ten basketball and will help us preview conference play. Thomas, I don't want to butcher your last name, so uh, <laughs> please. I mean, I have a last name that is easily butcherable, uh, but that's why I'm dropping it. So, Thomas, uh, say your last name for people so they I don't embarrass you completely. <laughs> uh, Thomas Bendit. Bend it, okay. Bend it like Beckham. I won't say yep. that anymore. I promise. <laughs> Just for your own sanity and mine. So, you uh, tell everybody first of all what you do. You write about the Big Ten on SB Nation and other places. But give everybody a sample of what you've been doing recently.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I write for a few places, but I, I'd say the the big place that I write for the most um, is BT Powerhouse at SB Nation. Um, it's sort of it's the Big Ten basketball blog uh, for SB Nation. Um, you know. It's pretty straightforward, you know, Big Ten basketball, uh, a lot of great basketball the last couple of years, so it's been a lot of fun.
0: And you've got two new teams to join the party, one that's considerably better than the other one.
2: <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, you've had to
0: deal with the glory of Rutgers basketball recently. I'm sorry about that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually actually kind of funny last week. They, um, they were trailing to Fairlight Dickerson, Dickinson at home. And uh, I was actually threatening to remove them from the power rankings for the for the next <laughs> week. But uh, they did win. So so they're, they're still in the conference, according to our site.
0: That's good. It's good for them. I know Rutgers will be incredibly excited about that and how they got a game on BTN solely because of Monmouth's bench. I like that. <laughs> this new Big Ten basketball season is going to be one that's fascinating, mainly because the conference seems a bit weaker than most of us thought it was going to be Thomas. Quite a lot's happened already. Particularly, we've had a coach resign, we've had some major injuries. So, where do we put the strength of the Big Ten? How do we stack it up as we head into conference play?
2: You know, it, it's really interesting. I, you know, I think the first thing is, um, you know, coming into the year, there was a lot of talk um partially you know from me but uh, from others as well saying that the big 10 you know would have a serious claim to be the best conference in the country um i think at this point it's safe to say it probably isn't the best um but having said that i, I still think it's a really good conference i just i don't think it's quite up there with the big 12 maybe not with the acc but um i do think it's right in the running for for third overall um but spinning off of that, I, I think the conference is sort of settling out in tiers as it usually does. You kind of have it. your top teams, you know, with MSU, Purdue, Maryland. Um, oh, sorry. Uh, um, you know, you, you kind of settle out in tiers. You kind of have your top teams, uh, you know, with Purdue and Maryland and, and Michigan State and kind of your middle group. And obviously, you know, we mentioned Rutgers earlier, you know, towards the bottom, but... um, I, I really think strength-wise, it, it's going to come down to, um, you know, a couple teams. And and really, for me, I, I think, you know, specifically Indiana and Michigan, because I think those are a team, you know, Indiana kind of had a rough day today against Rutgers. But um, those are teams with, they have a lot of talent. Um, if they can kind of grow from that, you know, 10 to ish range in the NCAA tournament and end up as solid seeds, you know, I think the Big Ten will, will look a lot stronger.
0: So, Alex, in your perspective, I mean, we've talked, we've seen a little bit of the Big Ten, but it's clearly changed. How do you think the Big Ten stacks
1: up from a Maryland perspective? As in, how do you think, how do I think how Maryland? How do you think Maryland
0: pairs in this conference with the schedule it's playing? We saw the first game against a supposed bad team in the Big Ten, and Maryland nearly blew it. So, I guess our opinion's changing a bit.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think Maryland is probably the best or the second-best team in the league. Um, you know, before the season, I had thought that, conceivably that the best non-maryland team in the league would be indiana um indiana still can't defend i mean indiana can still score with anybody um just like it could last year but still doesn't play a whole lot of defense um so as long as denzel valentine is out of the lineup for michigan state which is only for a couple more weeks um you know you'd probably take maryland in any in any big 10 game right now um i do think michigan state right now with valentine would probably be a little bit of a better team but other than that um you know maryland is a top two team in this conference um should have a a pretty easy route to a double buy in the conference tournament in March. And, uh, it'll be winnable for them once they get there.
0: So Thomas, let's talk about that sort of middle tier in the conference. Everybody's aware of Michigan state and Purdue and how good they are. But that middle tier with the Indiana's, the Michigan's Northwestern only had one out of conference (laughs) loss. I mean, Iowa was doing really well against Iowa state until they iowa would it. So where does, what's the middle (laughs) tier? Like we mentioned, you mentioned Indiana and Michigan, but what about some of the teams like, as I just mentioned, Northwestern and Iowa, where do they stack up and specifically, how do they match up with Maryland knowing, you know, Northwestern's a road game for Maryland, Maryland also has to go to Indiana, they gotta go to Michigan, those are gonna be tough places to play, so how does the middle stack up against the top in the conference, in your view?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I really do think um, the top, I know it's, it's easy to say, it's the safest thing to say, um, I really think the top team, the top three teams at, you know, Maryland, Michigan State, and Purdue, are going to have a lot of success this year against the middle. I think the middle is is definitely weak, but um, you know weaker than normal, I should say. But having said that, um, you know Iowa really—if you look at their resume, it's a pretty good resume so far. Um, you know they. That's not I think a bad team only, Yeah, I, I think their only losses are um, Dayton. You know that you mentioned that Iowa State game where they kind of just blew it at the end, to be honest. Um, and I think they also lost to Notre Dame, but um, none at home. Um, and they knocked off Michigan State last night. I know, you know, they don't have Denzel Valentine, but that's still that's still a huge a huge win for for Iowa. You know, they've lost to Michigan State. Uh, they had lost to them nine times in a row, so a big win there. That's going to be a, a really tough place to play. Um, Jared Uthoff, great player for Iowa. Uh, Gazelle had a big night. Um, that's a team I. I don't know if they're going to be consistent enough to really win on the road against the top teams, but I do think, uh, that's probably the, the better, the best team in the middle, so to speak. Um, after that, you know, I I really think it's Indiana and Michigan. Um, you know, as Alex was talking about, you know, Indiana outstanding (laughs) offensively, you know, they, frankly, they might be the best offensive team in the country, but they're also one of the worst defensively, you know, especially of the, the better teams. Um, michigan they're kind of mixed they uh they seem to perform really really well against average or below average teams and then just they, they don't show up against the top teams it seems like uh they beat texas but they got blown out by smu they got blown out by xavier um you know they obviously have karis Levert, who's a outstanding player um after that you know northwestern uh they did just beat nebraska today so i think we're we're starting to see a, a little more about the Wildcats, but they played an incredibly weak non-conference schedule, so I, I think they're kind of still a question mark. Um, they're definitely an offensive team, a lot better uh, shooting team this year than they have been in the past. But uh, it's, it's an interesting group. I, I think they you're definitely going to have some NCAA tournament teams out of there, but um, I, I think overall Maryland's going to have a lot of success against those teams.
0: Alex, what kind of team do you think Maryland is going to have trouble against? We've talked about some of their road games before. Presumably Denzel Valentine will be healthy by the time Maryland plays Michigan State later on in January. But, you know, Northwestern, that's a tricky road game. And considering how Maryland kind of overlooked Penn State a bit, you know, Northwestern, if they shoot the way they can shoot, they, I think they scored in the 80s against
1: Nebraska. Is Maryland going to have trouble against these middle teams, particularly on the road? I think they could. And I don't think that's really an indictment of Maryland either. I think that um... – you know, I, I, to a degree, to a degree I, I share Thomas's view that the middle of the Big Ten is going to have a tough time beating the best teams, and I include Maryland in that group. Um, but you saw today that when Maryland's not making shots, which it does better than pretty much anybody um, right up there with Indiana, you know, in terms of its, its shooting rates this year um, among power conference teams, but when they don't shoot, um, you know, they're vulnerable. And I think that just it's pretty much going to go for any basketball team. Um, so if you look at the best defensive teams in the Big Ten, um, obviously Purdue is, is bar none better than better than anybody. Um, but you know, a, a team like Iowa or, or certainly a team like Michigan State, but even a team like Ohio State or like Iowa, um, that doesn't give up a ton of points and that plays reasonably efficient defense. Um, those games, you know, I think Maryland plays both of those teams on the road. I could be wrong. They might not have a visit to Iowa. Maryland plays Penn, uh, Purdue on the road, excuse me, and they do play Ohio State on the road as well. Um, you know, I, I think that's a tough one. Uh you know, any any of the Big 10 teams that have a lot of size, uh, especially in the interior. And can keep Diamond Stone from doing what he did against Penn State and just reduce Maryland to jumpers. Um, yeah, you know, you're not going to make those you know 30 out of 30 games or however many games you have on the schedule. Um, and when that happens, I, I think everyone in the Big Ten except for probably Penn State, Rutgers, and and Nebraska is good enough to make a mark. Okay, so Thomas,
0: let's talk about two teams in the middle that we expected to be better but clearly aren't. You have Wisconsin, who had a coach retire, had some really head scratching non conference losses at home. Lost to, I believe it was Purdue yesterday. They got an interesting team, but we thought they were going to be better than they were in Ohio State, who had also head scratching non conference losses, but then went on a neutral floor and beat Kentucky. So those two teams, Maryland gets them both home and home. So how do you think that's going to play out uh, for those two teams uh, in respect to how they're going to fare in the Big Ten?
2: You know, I I think to start off, you know, with Wisconsin, um, I. I, I, I was one of the people, I, I did think they were going to drop off. I didn't think they were going to drop off this badly. But, um, you know, they just lost so much in the off season. You know, when you lose a guy like Kaminsky, you know, Decker, uh, Gosser, I mean, they, they just lost so much. Um, They still have Nigel Hayes. They still have Bronson Koenig. But outside of that, um, it's really just role guys. Um, and, and sometimes less than that. Um, frankly, I... I'm just not sure how great this Wisconsin team is. I, I know people kind of thought they were starting to come around, you know, when they beat VCU and they beat Syracuse, but I, I think we've seen those teams really probably aren't that great. Um, I think this is a – I hate to say it, and I know Bad, Badger fans won't want to hear it, but I think this is a, an NIT-quality team. Um, frankly, I, you know, you always have the upset challenge, and, you know, if Nigel Hayes has a big game, Maryland could definitely go down. Um, on the road there, but um, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Maryland swept the Badgers. I, I just really think they've they've fallen off this year.
0: As no Stone motivation?
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that'll that be an interesting storyline to see kind of how that plays out. Uh, I don't know how he could top 39 in a
0: Maryland freshman record, but uh, let's see if he can try that. I would love to say <laughs> it.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I mean, you know, that's, that's another spot. You know, Wisconsin not not necessarily the best up front. They're they're actually a decent rebounding team, but um, really inexperienced up front, at least uh, you know in terms of returning returning contributions. But um, as far as Ohio State goes, I'm I'm honestly not completely sure what to what to think of Ohio State, especially you know as you mentioned outside of that Kentucky game, they've been pretty average. Um, but Kentucky seems to be kind of a question mark themselves right now. I think everybody expected them to be really good. But, um, you know, they beat Louisville last week. They beat Duke. But it, it seems like they're kind of up and down as well. Um, but Ohio State, you know, they, they look like they're starting to come around, you know, immensely talented team. The problem is, is everyone, uh, they're all underclassmen on that team. So I, I think this is a team that that's going to kind of have ups and downs a lot. Um I, and generally, you know, younger teams, you don't expect them to play as well on the road. So I, I think Maryland is probably a safe bet at home. But uh, going into Columbus, you know, if Ohio State plays well, you know, they almost knocked off Virginia at home as well. So I think um, that, that could be a dangerous one there.
0: In the last two seasons, Maryland has gone into Value City Arena and got the doors blown off them, which was bad. Uh, Thomas, for the bottom of the Big Ten, Maryland gets a couple of them at home, a couple of them on the road. We've already seen Purdue, uh, excuse me, Penn State. Rutgers is just awful. So I would not be surprised if that's a uh, walk-ons game for Maryland. But in terms of the Nebraskas and Minnesotas of the world who Maryland both has to go on the road, is there an upset challenge there? Should Terps fans be afraid of those games?
2: Um, you know, ju- just to start out, I definitely agree. You know, Rutgers is a, a different level of bad this year, so I, I think that'll. I feel bad because I have so <laughs> many family members
0: that went to Rutgers, but they acknowledge it too. So.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it, if you just go by Ken Palm rankings, they're the worst team in the Power Five, so that, that kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> but um.
0: Oh, and we yeah. know how much our readers love Ken Palm.
2: <laughs> great, great. <laughs> right, Alex?
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, uh moving on uh, to the other teams, um. Minnesota, you know, I, I think everyone kind of stays intrigued by them just because they have, uh, you know, Richard Petino. They right, kind the of definitely the coach. Yeah, yeah, they have, you know, they have a couple playmakers, but Minnesota, it, they're really not a great team this year. Um, really outside of a, a narrow win over Clemson in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, they've really done nothing. Um, they got they lost to South Dakota at home. They lost to Milwaukee at home. They're six and seven overall. Um, you know, they're hundred and fifty-third on Ken Pom, not to say Ken Pom again, but uh, you know, oh, we not- love
1: him. we love Ken.
2: Yeah. yeah We're huge
1: <laughs> fanboys of his.
2: Um, yeah, but I I really don't think, you know, Minnesota generally has been perceived as having a really great home crowd and kind of a, a tough place to play, but I, I just don't think they have the team to really pull it off this year. Um so I, I would not have a high upset alert in that game um however nebraska is a tricky team usually at home um they almost beat miami they took them to overtime they they've gotten up for uh when they played cincy they've had a couple games where they've challenged um andrew white great shooter and and the big thing is is if they're backcourt some of the sort of the more role players at this point you know glenn watson benny parker really have uh big shooting nights I could see that as a potential upset. I, again, I, I think Maryland would win, but um, you know that might be a, a little bit of a, a scary one like today.
0: So, Alex, when we look at the big games, when Maryland matches up against Michigan State on the road and then the home-and-home home against Purdue, it's so weird saying that the biggest game at Xfinity Center this year, not outside of, outside of Georgetown, is going to be against Purdue – Welcome to the Big Ten, everybody. Uh, But particularly Purdue. I think the Michigan State game is going to be so much fun because Maryland played three really great games against them last season. Uh, Purdue is going to be so much fun in another way because if you want a Big Ten game, that's going to be a Big Ten game. And then you get to see Caleb Swanigan against Diamond Stone, and that that seems like it's going to be one of the best matchups of young big men in the country. So
1: Maryland against Purdue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how is that going to, how do you think that plays out? Because Purdue is a team that is so, I mean, so tough, but they lost to Butler, but they could beat anybody, especially in those Big Ten slog games.
1: Right, I mean, I think what's interesting is that if you look at their numbers, uh, interior shooting, um, I think on two-point shots this year, uh, Maryland is, is the number three team in the country right now, as we're talking, uh, in terms of scoring on those shots. They make 60% of them. Um, Purdue is the best defensive team in the country inside. Um, or pretty close to. I think they're. I, this, I guess they're second right now, giving up you know less than 40 percent of their shots around the basket, two point shots. Um, so it's going to be a game where Maryland's big bangers are going to go in there against Purdue's big bangers. Um, it's going to be power on power, uh, and you know that's kind of where you're going to, I think, have that game be played because um, one team's strength goes right into into another's. Um, I guess the thing for Maryland that night is can Maryland make some threes? You know, because the, the the paint there. Uh, Is pretty much locked down by Isaac Haas and A.J. Hammonds and uh, and Caleb Swanigan, as you mentioned. So, you know, if Jared Nickens and Rasheed Suleiman and Mello Trimble can make some three-pointers, uh, then I think Maryland could win that game. But, you know, Purdue could beat anybody on any floor at any given night. That's just such a, a good defensive team um, that there's a lot of upside there for them, no matter who they're playing.
0: Alex, I think last year when Maryland beat Purdue at Mackey, it was the first time we saw a much weaker Maryland team say, hey, we can go in and win Big Ten games. You know, not the shoot-the-lights-out games against Indiana, etc., but they won a Big Ten game. I mean, Michigan State was an interesting game, but I don't think it was quite the same Big Ten game as the way Purdue was. You know, that'll be a a kind of team that they haven't played yet. You know, they'll play lesser versions of it because it's the Big Ten. But the Purdue game, I think, is the biggest kind of—it's not really a statement game because Michigan State would be. But if you can beat Purdue, that's going to be a very interesting statement to make in terms of how they can win stylistically, which I think is going to be important come tournament time.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think Maryland uh, is going to have to beat if it's going to do what it wants it's going to have to beat teams of that Big Ten ilk, and they'll probably have to beat teams that can actually score um, you know, in the ACC or the Big 12 as you get down the line in the tournament. Um, so, yeah, I think any any win is a good win against a team like Purdue. I mean, I'm very impressed. I had a feeling that – I don't know, Thomas, if you shared this, but that that would be kind of a high-floor but low-ceiling team just because they didn't have a lot of athleticism in their backcourt you know, they don't have a lot of guard scoring. Um, so far, they haven't needed it. I mean, I think they have – um, you know, Johnny Hill and, and PJ Thompson play a little bit for them. They both play about half of their minutes. Um, you know, Rafael Davis is a great defender, but their scoring is all done by big guys, and it's been totally fine for them. Um, and they they find ways to be really, really good, even without the kind of guard play that most good college basketball teams have.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I was, you know, I, I hate to say this now because, it, you know, it kind of makes me look bad, but um, I, I was really skeptical of Purdue. You know, not in the sense that I didn't think they were going to be a good team, but in terms of, you know, I mean, they're like top four on Ken Bomb right now, you know, best defense in the country, you know, 13 and one, I, I did not see that coming. And, and the big reasons why I didn't is, you know, as you mentioned, I really didn't see a backcourt that could carry them, especially, you know, against those tough teams. And I was kind of skeptical of how that front court fits together because you know, just a basic concept. You can only play so many big men at a time. And, um, no, you know, their front court has been so good that it just hasn't mattered. You know, their defense, they lock down people. A.J. Hammonds has just been incredible on the defensive side inside. And they've just, frankly, just, you know, drowned it out opponents, you know, strangled them until they just score enough to win. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and it's really interesting and in, you know, I hate to be too generalized, but, you know, in today's three-point shooting style, it's really kind of fun to see one of those teams that just, you know, will shut you down inside, and and they're just going to back you down and score over you.
0: I bet you're going to get some hate mail for that. (laughs) Everybody loves the three-pointers now watching Steph Curry. Uh, Michigan State without Denzel Valentine and with Denzel Valentine. It's like when we talked about North Carolina with Marcus Page and without Marcus Page. They're two very different teams. Denzel Valentine's going to be back by the time Maryland plays Michigan State. Arguably, that's the game of the year in the conference, considering the last game they played at the President Center went to double overtime. It's one of the craziest basketball games I've ever seen. Uh, Maryland and Michigan State, I, you like Purdue, but at some point they're going to need uh, exterior scoring, and I don't think they necessarily have it. So as the winner of that game the winner of the Big Ten in the regular season, Thomas?
2: Um, I mean, personally, you know, uh, I, I really think Purdue has a, has a serious chance just the way their, their schedule falls and so on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think, you know, that's an absolutely huge game, as you said, um, with Maryland and Michigan state. And the interesting thing about Michigan state, as far as the Denzel Valentine injury goes, because, you know, if, if Valentine's back and Valentine's full strength, I, it's hard to pick against Michigan state in that game. I, you know, Maryland has plenty of talent. You definitely think they could win it, but, um, you know, the Spartans have been really, really good with Valentine, um. But their next their next three games are pretty winnable. You know, it's Minnesota, Illinois, and Penn State. Um, I think they can win those games without Valentine. If they can get him back before they play Iowa and Wisconsin, um, you know, they have a chance to win out before that Maryland game. And then, yeah, I mean, it it's all in Michigan State's control there, but yeah, I, I definitely think that's going to be a, a big game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that did determine the eventual champion.
0: Alex, and we've talked about this before with Maryland having played so many big games already, and particularly a big road game before. Going into Michigan <laughs> State's, not going to intimidate them, especially for the guys that won there last year. Do you think the winner of the Big Ten's regular season comes out of that game?
1: Um, I think just by playing the odds, yes, because that's two of the three teams that figure to have something much higher than a zero zero shot so yeah i think probably um but you know i I don't know that it'll be um i i think that what's very likely to happen when maryland plays michigan state um is because they only play once the season people will look at that game and use that as a standard for you know which team is better as the season goes on you know no matter who wins, especially if maryland goes there and wins on the road um they play early in the year so i don't think you're gonna get either team as quite a finished product and you'll see um, kind of like when Maryland played North Carolina with Marcus Page just coming back from an injury, you're going to see the same thing with Valentine. Um, so I think it's a shame that you're not going to see that game at, like, full, full strength for both of the teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a good one. And I do think it's more than likely that, uh, that that'll be where the ultimate regular season champion comes out of. Thomas, how many teams does the Big Ten get into the dance? Um,
2: I, I think at this point I'd, I'd probably say six. Um, yeah, it, it It's... You know, again, it's kind of playing the, the safe thing to say, but... It's, it's okay. Really, we all do that. It, but but I think it's really going to depend on, you know, I hate to keep coming back to these teams, but, you know, Indiana and Michigan, are, are they going to get upset by Wisconsin and sort of play that triangle where they're all beating each other up, you know, throwing Ohio State Northwestern? If if you can have, you know, like, for instance, Indiana and Michigan mm. emerge, then, you know, you could potentially have more. But it, the big thing, for the Big Ten to get more bids, obviously, it's... You need the teams to win the games they're supposed to, and you need kind of a couple of those middle teams to drop off.
0: So do you think, how does the Big Ten now, when you look at some of these teams, and particularly the top teams, matching up with the top teams in other conferences, as we say, the Big 12, the Big East has been incredibly good this year, the top of the ACC is the top of the ACC. I mean, the Big Ten, it's been a while since a natural Big Ten team has won the national championship, 2000, 2002 doesn't count. Anybody who tells you that is wrong. And because college basketball is so wide open this year, do you think that we hit a national champion out of the Big Ten, or is it too early, is it too wide open to
1: really make a swift judgment? I'll start with Alex on this. I think it's it, it's because college basketball is so wide open, but I think it's hard to make those judgments about any conference, um, especially given the way that so, so little is set at the top of these leagues. I mean, if you look across uh, college basketball, you can probably pick in a lot of conferences like the Big Ten, um, one or two, maybe three teams that are really good in that conference. And there's so many conferences, uh, not just the Big Ten, that have a bunch of just these tweener teams. I mean, I was watching um, earlier tonight, actually, I was watching Syracuse and Pitt. I think you know, the ACC has a million teams who could go so many different ways. Uh, the Big 12 has several of those teams. Uh, the, uh, the I guess the New Big East has you know, basically the entire conference in that boat every year, uh, with the exception of like the Butlers and Xaviers and then UConn, or UConn's even in that boat. They're in the American. I I don't. Excuse me. They're in the American. (laughs) I get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, So they get. You know, it's. I don't think the Big Ten is the only conference that has that much kind of upheaval and uncertainty. And I think it'll be making. It might make March. You know, even a little bit more fun. Thomas, where do you think the Big Ten
0: stacks up in terms of where these conferences, the conference rankings? I know you talked about it a little bit before, but it's particularly does the top of the league have. Really, that good chance of winning a national title because there's a lot of other good teams that the Michigan States, Maryland's, Purdue's of the world have to compete with at the top of a bunch of other conferences. The tops of the Big East, the Big Twelve—they're really, really good this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. You know, when you look at the Big Twelve, you know, you have Kansas, you have Oklahoma, um, you know, even West Virginia. Obviously, and you're forgetting I, Iowa I, State too. Oh yeah, I, Iowa State as well. I mean, it's it, outstanding conference, but you know, I, I really think the Big Ten has a good shot this year. You know, it's hard to say. You know, I agree with Alex. It's it's really wide open this year. You know, last year you felt like, especially, you know, with Kentucky doing what they did last year, um, it really seemed like only a couple teams had a serious shot. But, but this year, I mean, I could see Purdue making the Final Four. I could see Michigan State. I could definitely, you know, Maryland to me, I, I don't know if they're going to win the Big Ten, but I still feel like they have the best shot just due to the talent, you know, on that roster. Um, but I wouldn't even be shocked, you know, if a, if a lower team, you know, like potentially Michigan made a run or something. Um, I don't know if Michigan could win at all, but, you know, even, you know, get to the Elite Eight or something like that. But um, I, I think the Big Ten has the teams to, to make deep runs, but it, it's just so wild <laughs> this year with how many uh, teams that are all kind of in a similarly bunched.
0: So let's look at Maryland's schedule, and I want to figure out where the first loss is going to come from because Maryland's not running the table in the Big Ten as much as some people want it to happen. So it's Northwestern on Saturday, then Rutgers at Wisconsin, at Michigan, Ohio State, Northwestern at Michigan State, Iowa, and go on down the line. So, Alex, where is Maryland's first loss? You're going to it upset a lot of people when you say this. Uh,
1: either, either on Saturday or uh, at Michigan State, I would think. You don't think there's a middle there? I think Michigan's going to be a tough game. I'm not, I mean, well, I mean, of course, I'm just guessing. But I mean, Northwestern is. Uh, I think people will be surprised at how good a team Northwestern is. I mean, well, Maryland fraud. almost
0: lost to Northwestern. No, last I mean, year.
1: but nonetheless, I mean, Northwestern has a couple of really, really good players. Um, granted, some of them are hurt. Um, I think Alex Ola just went down, their center, and they've been missing Vic Law, who's one of their best players all year. Um, but this point guard they have, uh, Bryant McIntosh, who kind of. Got lost in the shuffle last year when the Big Ten had, you know, D'Angelo Russell and Melo Trimble and James Blackman kind of running the show as freshmen. Macintosh um, is great. I mean, he's one of the better point guards in the entire country. Uh, shoots like 45% almost from three, I believe. He's one of the best assist guys in the country. Um, and they'll be playing at home and they've got good guys. So I think they could lose Saturday. And if not, then I think it's likely, given that they're playing on the road, that they'll lose in East, in East Lansing.
0: Thomas, when do you think Maryland gets its first loss? And how many, and then I'll go back to Alex, how many losses do you think Maryland ends up with in conference play?
2: Um, Yeah, I, I, I kind of am similar to Alex. Um, I do think they're going to beat Northwestern. Um, I know it, it's kind of odd to say, uh, given how they played tonight. Um, but uh, I, I do think they're going to get through the Wildcats. Um, you know, Alex Ola going down is huge. Um you know as i kind of you know then they play ruckers that should be that should be a gimme walk-ons um, yeah <laughs> walk-ons um, Ivan Bender yeah um, Ivan Bender you know, um... <laughs> even even bender okay sorry um <laughs> uh, go on wisconsin and michigan i mean those two games on the road are not going to be gimmies at all um i you know especially michigan you know i'm not really sure what to think of the wolverines at this point in terms of whether they can actually knock off a top team or not but um, I think they're going to get through those. I think they're going to beat Ohio state uh, again. I think they'll beat Northwestern at home. So I, I do think they're going to go down to the Spartans, um, assuming Valentine is healthy. Um, if not, I, I would assume, you know, soon after that in, in one of those games, just because, uh, you know, as he said, I, I don't think Maryland's going to go undefeated in in big 10 play, but, um, I do think they're going to end up somewhere around uh, five losses or so in conference play would be my guess, with most of those uh, occurring later in the year.
0: Alex, because last year they lost five. All of them were on the road. I mean, you look at the road games at Ohio State, Nebraska, Minnesota. Purdue is the one where I think they can lose in Indiana on the last Sunday of the season. That's another one that I think they could lose. So how many do you think they're going to happen?
1: This is not really the appropriate way to do this, but if I were to go game by game, the ones that I think they're going to lose are at Michigan State, at Purdue, and at Michigan. Um, So that's three Big Ten losses. Those are the ones that if I were looking at them myself, knowing what I know now, is is there a better than 50% chance to lose that game? You know what? Add add visiting Iowa to that game. So I'd say they're going to lose four.
0: Well, Iowa comes
1: to Xfinity Center. I think they also visit. Iowa. Nope. yes they nope. do. Just Iowa at home. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong team. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I have a couple of Big Ten schedules up in front of me. If they right.
0: were going to Carver Hawkeye, that I would
1: yes. assume that they would lose yeah, there. Let's call, let's call it those three. But if you're, you know, it could it could certainly be five or it could certainly be two. I mean, it's it's just such a or it could certainly be six. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of variance, so it's kind of tough. But I think you know those road games are not going to be easy ones.
0: And I think we'd be disingenuous if we didn't talk about the Penn State game a bit and Diamondstone's Stone's performance because it was insane. Right. Diamondstone, we all knew he was good. He was improving in the last couple of games against cupcakes. Penn State, in theory, is a cupcake, but Maryland didn't make him look like a cupcake. Uh, Alex, in terms of the performances you've seen in covering Maryland basketball and being a fan of Maryland basketball,
1: is that the number the best performance you've ever seen? Uh, maybe. Yeah, that's a good question. I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, there was a game last year um, where Mellow Trimble... Are you thinking of Arizona State... No, that that I think not not even really. Um, well, or the I first guess, half that, against yeah. Michigan State at
0: home—that's um, the other
1: one. There, it actually might have been a pretty random home game against uh, Nebraska um, when Melo Trimble, like Maryland, was absolutely terrible, and Mellow Trimble just played so so well and kept them going. I mean, I don't have that long a view with Maryland; I've only been in town for for like four years now. But, well, uh, same yeah, with me, but you was, know right now, but that one—that was pretty good. I don't know, uh, that, I think it, it. In terms of raw numbers, I'm pretty sure that's the highest point total, and it certainly came in a big spot. So sure.
0: 39 points it is the most for a Maryland freshman ever. It's more than Joe Smith, and it's more than Mellow Trimble last year against Arizona State, which is a game I always came back to as the moment where Mellow Trimble arrived. And Thomas, I mean, Maryland shot bricks all day, and then Diamond Stone basically saves them and wins the game by himself. Is he the best big man in the Big Ten? <laughs> <laughs> um, is he I, the best I, big man in the Big Ten when everything is said and done at the end of the season? Is he better than Swanigan? Is he better than the Purdue well, Big Guys by the end of the season? Not saying now, but at the end of the season,
2: um, I, I think could he, be he Thomas. Has, despite
1: this being a Maryland blog, you you are not bound.
0: You know, you're not obligated to say Diamond Stone is Jesus or anything.
2: We're no, obligated to no, say I, that. I, I would say I think he has the potential to the be the be best big man individually. I I think the wild card with Purdue is you know I got into this discussion a couple of weeks ago when, um, you know AJ Hammonds he's been playing so so well. Right. I feel like and, that's got to um, be the slam dunk at this point. Yeah, but you know, we were kind of talking, can he be the player of the year? Because he's only averaging like 20 minutes or so. Yeah. So, you know, and you know, that debate aside, but, um, so I, I think stone has more of a chance just because Isaac Haas is so good that he demands time. So Hammonds can only play so much. Um, but I, I still think I would lean towards that combination of, you know, what Purdue has up front. Um, but yeah, I mean if, if Stone's putting up games like this, I, you know, obviously he I, I think he has a pretty good shot to be pretty special. I think
0: Rashad Pack tweeted this today and I loved it. Has anybody scored in college basketball thirty nine plus points and the answer, off the bench?
1: Someone tweeted this to us and the answer was that a couple of years ago I think Jared Sellinger at Ohio State of oh, Sight so like, Really? I believe he had forty Who is that against? Um you know, that's a good question. I think it's Honest. something that could be something that could be answered, but
2: I'm amazed. The answer like, to that? It, it just shocks me. I, I don't remember him coming off the bench ever.
1: <laughs> I don't remember Jared <laughs> Solider ever coming off the bench when I picked. It was against. Uh, it was against IUPUI. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess P,
0: uh, Penn State and IUPUI similar. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if, it's if possible. If I'm right,
1: if I'm right, and that chances, would be
0: that would be something.
1: You know, no, is, I think he might have started that game. Someone tweeted to us. I don't know. That could. Don't quote us on that because someone someone said that to us and I looked into it. He had forty points, but I, you know, he played thirty-seven minutes in said game. He may not have actually come off the bench. I don't know. Um, but that was that was a candidate that was given to us. We'll have to we'll have to get into that more more yeah. deeply when we write about it. On a last quick
0: note, Alex, just a Maryland question. Since this is the last show of the year, what's been the most memorable moment for you covering Maryland sports in twenty fifteen? Uh,
1: probably, uh, you know, I. Getting your air yeah, on to, air time to on BTN. Ohio State, Um No, you know that didn't do it too much. Um, probably going to uh, Ohio State for that football game and being there in Randy Etzel's last press conference uh, before he was fired and when everyone, including him, knew he was ab- about to be fired. Um, that was pretty surreal. Like that. That was like watching someone like on the stage about to be executed, like in like ancient France or something like that. Like it was. It was just crazy. Um, yeah, that was that was something. I mean, I don't know, but there've been a lot of interesting times. Thomas, what's been the most interesting moment in Big Ten basketball in 2015? you got two seasons to
0: talk about now.
2: (laughs) Um, I I would definitely say the the Wisconsin Final Four run last year, um, and especially, you know, single moment. I would say them knocking off Kentucky, um, you know, undefeated uh, Wildcats team. That was an incredible game. Uh, For my money, that was the best college basketball game last season, and uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that was fun. And you don't know how many people Or Twitter was exploding with that game with, I want Kentucky to be undefeated, and I want Wisconsin to beat them. And Big Ten pride. I don't know if we get Big Ten pride in the same way we get SEC football pride.
1: You know what I liked <laughs> last year, too? It wasn't a Big Ten game, but it, it preceded the Big Ten game because it put Kentucky there. It was that Kentucky-Notre Dame game. Oh, that game was insane. Lead. I think that was one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen. Love that! Oh, yeah, I remember sure. that one too. I don't know, Thomas. Are you allowed to comment on that because it's not a Big Ten game <laughs> and doesn't
0: involve a Big Ten team?
2: I, I, I am. It was, that was a great game too. Um, it, really, it, it was. It was just so fun those last couple of rounds because, uh, especially last year, the the good teams actually made it far, so you actually got to see them play, uh, which everyone was obviously looking forward to all year. So that that was great. Aside from Baylor. Yeah. For, yeah.
1: Aside <laughs> from them
0: and, and Maryland, who would have gotten and Arizona. Iowa State. And Iowa yeah. State, oh yeah, you're right, them too. Iowa
1: State had a rough one. Yeah, they
0: had a really I rough. completely forgot about that. Well, their are coaches in the NBA now, so that's why most people forget. But I'm rambling a bit. Thank you first to Thomas. Give out your Twitter handle so people could follow you and locate your work. <laughs> uh,
2: you can follow me at tbendit or uh, at btpowerhouse. Um, we have a ton of stuff coming with conference season. And uh, thank everyone for checking us out.
1: Yeah, And Alex, great site, guys, and great Alex
0: yes, it is a fantastic site. And Alex, everybody knows where to find you.
1: Hope not. why? Happy New Year guys thank you. (laughs) Happy New Year to all of you 28 shows
0: of this podcast and a lot of fun, an innumerate amount of guests, I don't even know how many there are we're going to be back Better Than Ever in 2015 hopefully Maryland doesn't give us as many heart attacks as they did today against Penn State but of course, Thomas will you come back for the Big Ten tournament please? uh, I will, I will love it, I will. hopefully we'll see you in Indianapolis (laughs) I'm going to hope to be there, I know Alex is going to be there (laughs) we'll see we'll see oh you're going anyway go turks have a happy 2016.